and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, a show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade. I think I should do an intro one day. I, I'm, oh, I'm feeling like I, you do the same shit intro all the time. I think that I should do the intro. It's called continuity. It's sort of trying to be professional so people yeah. know what to expect. I mean, I was actually, if you let me finish, uh, yeah, this does feed into I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm the morning advertiser, Ed Bennington. Congratulations. And with me as ever are my two trusty co-hosts, yeah. Heath Ball and Nicky Thatcher. Yeah. I mean, I call you co-hosts, but it's me that does all the heavy fucking lifting, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, you've, look, I'm looking, mean, at, again, I'm looking yes. at your physique. I'm looking at your physique. Right you've done no sprint. heavy lifting ever in your life. I organise everything. What do you do? I mean, you two just turn up like right. Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets I, and heckle. What, I, the two old boys in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just like to point out that last week, I actually said to you, shall I add Ed Beddington's personal assistant to my LinkedIn profile for the stuff that and I have you to do? didn't. <laughs> so you're talking I, bullshit. I, I've got you on my phone as Sugar Daddy. <laughs> Well, I'm your sugar daddy. Yep. It's a worrying, worrying thought. Anyway, Heath said, well, I'll tell you what, next time. Yep. I'm, I'm game for you're it. I've got, I've got it. I'm going to do the shit jokes in the beginning. You're going to do the intro? Let, yeah. let me have a guess as to how You've got to write go. it, though. This yeah. will go, I'm Heath Ball. I fucking hate the government. The government <laughs> is shit. They don't care. Oh, Nikki and Ed are here. Let's go. I'm calling That's for a coup d'etat. Let's go for it. <laughs> I haven't done my shit jokes about you two yet. Okay, go, go, yeah. go. Okay. Sorry, right. sorry for okay. the introduction. Just oh, leave your God. dramatic pause <laughs> Heath Ball is an angry little man who surprisingly <laughs> happens to run some award-winning pubs, which is remarkable, giving his rather interesting approach to customer service, which leads towards the buzzy basil. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> You're not buzzy. deleting that either. Buzzy. I'll yeah. The basil faulty end of the scale. Um, Mate, it, I keep it real. You I don't do fake it. American hospitality. Go, how are you guys doing today? And you don't give a fuck. I do it like... I what do you want? I don't care. What do you Why want? are you crying yeah. at my pub? <laughs> What's going wrong? <laughs> You're alone at Christmas. That's not my problem. Oh, <laughs> we will be talking about being alone at Christmas. Later. Oh, sorry. You've got no sympathy for that. No. Uh, Nikki Thatcher is the spiritual granddaughter of Margaret Thatcher, beloved of Sir Keir Starmer. <laughs> and if I've learned anything in the many what? years I've worked with her, it's this. Don't leave your milk lying around unattended when Nikki's there. <laughs> what do you do um, to the milk? That no, is a joke for the kids. Because it's milk snatcher. That's Margaret what they used to call She's Margaret very, Thatcher. Very famous oh, for really? taking away the kids' milk. Yeah. Oh, did she take away the... She took oh. away my milk. She, did, she fucked with a lot of people, didn't she, old yeah, Margaret? Yeah. I just Cold. like I just like to throw out there that um, Thatcher is my married name. I married into that name. Just saying. That's why just I said spiritual. Know. Oh, okay, fine. You're just following in the footsteps of... Uh, of your spiritual I did want to be a, the Prime Minister when I was younger that was my ambition was to be a Prime Minister just so I could tell people what to I do I mean you wouldn't really. do a worse job well, you can just do what our government does and just steal off people oh. Ooh. <laughs> so we're talking about Christmas and pubs in this episode of Lock In and we'll be hearing from some great guests we'll be taking a trip down memory lane to discuss and maybe even taste some festive tipples with ace drinks writer Pete Brown we'll be talking parties and making your pub fun with entertainment pub of the year operator Pete Marshall of the King's Arms in Bexley Heath and we'll take a look at the festive food offer with supplier to the stars, well, Heath, uh, Russ Allen of Aubrey Allen, and top gastropub legend Brendan Padfield of oh. the Unruly Pig, if he turns up. And putting on an unusually serious note now as well, I just made that really sound serious, didn't I? We'll yep. also be talking about loneliness at Christmas and how pubs are helping to tackle that and give great experiences for people that need it most. With fantastic operator Mick Dorr of the Alexandra Mulden and Amy Perrin from the Marmalade Trust. Um, but before all that, um, quick question for Heath. Uh, yep. Is your marquee covered garden covered? Ah, oh, fuck, honestly, I'm, I'm so done. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like we've suddenly we've left the EU and we don't use any foreign words anymore and everybody's become a f- 
fucking idiot. And they ring up, they go, hey, do you have any tables? I go, yeah, I've got a table in the uh, marquee. And they go, is it covered? And you go, yeah, it's a fucking marquee. <laughs> and you have to explain what it is. So now I go, good afternoon, the red line. And so on. they go, hi. I go, yeah, I've got a table in a heated marquee. It's a giant tent with heaters. It's and not, sides. It, and sides. It's not cold. You won't get wet. And you can sit. It's almost like being inside, but outside. And they go, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be cold or wet. And you're like, is it you've covered? just failed. Yeah. You've just fucking failed. Didn't want you anyway. Darwinism Wars. Here maybe, we go. Maybe call it a gazebo. See how that goes. No, because gazebos don't have sides. Marquees have yeah, sides. Yeah, oh, no, see? No, no. I, but I, I even, know. I showed you the other day, Google, I put into AI, show me an image of a marquee, and it gave me some 18th century French woman with a pearl necklace. <laughs> wow, well, there we go. And the irony is, this is episode 69 of the yes! podcast, which Nikki has been looking forward to for I quite have, some time. my favourite. Because oh, I don't know where to go. <laughs> I would make a joke, but I'm so taken back. Um, it is. It is the last episode before Christmas. Uh, Heath, I've got you a, a little present. Oh, really? You, uh, yeah. If you'd like, it's to open fucking it. empty. Don't get too excited. It's not oh, empty. I'm and you've left your address on it. You're yeah, so yeah, fucked. Yeah, that, I'm going to take that a That was just a box <laughs> I used to put it in, but uh, <laughs> it's a special sign. What does it say? It says, yes, the mar- the marquee-covered garden has a roof. No, the margaritas are not free. <laughs> there you go. You can hang that. Where do you want me to hang that? Wherever you like. All right, let I me mean, just take a little picture. Smile, uh, he's Look happy. I am smiling. I don't, I don't, <laughs> he doesn't... Is that a smile? S- smiling's for losers. It's a grimace. That's, uh, well, I can see why you got this reputation as an angry little man with that no, face. It's, it's, the, it's the fact little man. The guy uh, with Nikki, the facts. I mean, I, I did ask myself, what did you get the woman oh, that yeah. has... Oh, yeah. Did you the, get me anything? The, the woman that has no. everything. Uh, nothing. Oh. That is the answer. I'm joking. We did get you something. Um, so regular listeners to the podcast will know that uh, Nikki has something of an obsession, possibly almost an infatuation, <laughs> with former rugby player James Haskell. Oh, I love him. So now, as Mr. Haskell is a regular customer of his, we did ask him to, uh, to to give us a message just for Nikki, and uh, he sent no, a text he, message. No, through. he didn't. Uh, You're let so me, let lying. Me, let me just yeah. open this up. It says... It says, fuck off and leave me alone. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> Stop sending me your, Christmas, so, your holiday photos. <laughs> you look it, great in a bikini, but I don't need to see it every day. It says, please tell that bloody Nikki Thatcher, stop stalking me or I'll call the police. Well, I will not adhere to those rules. Awkward. Um, so anyway, what's been going on? What's, what's in the news at the moment? Uh, well, eat out to help out has been a massive wow. disaster, yeah. hasn't it? Basically, Rishi killed everybody. What was these uh, dishy rishy to Doctor Death? Yeah, so exactly. Mm-hmm. Headlines, wasn't it? Man, it's like this whole COVID inquiry is like they say. Oh, so in the future we won't be doing. Hopefully, we don't have a bunch of charlatans running the country in the future mm-hmm. in a hundred years' time. But it's interesting though. When they did it, you liked it. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! Well, I, no, did, I did not really <laughs> like it because it made it made the normal people become like really like grubby. But and you like, did it. I, yeah, I did it, mm. but it wasn't nice. You and then it. I got a full fucking audit on my eat out to help out scheme. Mm. Where I had to supply videos and photos, and they wanted to check that I'd done all the payments correctly. So yeah, I did it, but it was I wanted to give the money back. I was like, you can just have the money back, man. It wasn't even worth the headache. I mean, you could have put a sign up. You know what they could do. <laughs> What's, what's, what, what put sign? <laughs> We're not doing eat out to help out. I mean, yeah. no one would have paid any attention to it. They yeah. still ask yeah. when you had a reef. People, my customers are quite well healed, and a lot of them were like really like acting like like coupon grabbers in, in America trying to get like bargain toilet paper. It's ridiculous. It was you should have been giving away toilet paper then, should you? That was embarrassing. That um, was a side hustle. You but had yeah, like you know that that's all been a disaster. But you know these guys will just get away with it. But the, but the interesting thing is though, I mean they they did that and. 
we embraced it as an industry and it mm. was and it was reasonably well received I think people yeah, no, were, it was, were it was popular for it and now they're getting slapped for it but at the same time we're, we're asking for other things you know, this doesn't yeah, this but, set but, a tone no, but, gonna, no, but hold on but I think we, like what we're we, we just want to be treated fairly. And we, like, I think what's happened is we've got a government that basically treat the government coffers like their own sort of spending fund. And they just do things on a whim. Oh, let's give 100 million to Rwanda to do this and this, do this. They don't have any accountability. And we need someone to go, stop wasting money. They'd actually get more tax back and they'd have more successful businesses if they lowered VAT. Mm. And, and it doesn't it's take, not going to happen. It though, won't happen. But they'll, what they'll do is... It's almost like they're driving the ship into the ocean, into the into a cliff or into the side of a building, because they're not going to be in power next month or next year, mm. and they don't care. And the more damage they leave, so bit. they don't. Yeah, but they don't care about us. They don't care about the people. They've got no. They don't care. They don't. Care. And we need a government that actually cares and gets the country working again. And we need hospitality. We've all said it. You see everybody putting out tweets and stuff. No one reads them, obviously, in the government because they don't care. But we need to get to the point where we have the, the VAT works for everybody. Because honestly, the more businesses paying VAT, the more money they have. The less businesses paying VAT, the less money they have. You make a really good point there about tweets. Are they called tweets anymore? Or what are they fucking? Oh, I don't know. What I don't called. know anymore. You know I've also I mean? just thought it would be a really good drinking game if people are listening and drinking. Of how many times you say I don't, they don't care. They don't fucking no, care because they could you know, do a shot it, every time you, you say. You know, well, well, they don't well, care. Lydia runs the lockout tavern for me. She said the other day, I just put in on my search history how many times you've oh. said the C U N T word to me <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the last in the last couple of months. It was 132 times. I said oh. it wasn't at you. It was uh-huh. directed at people in general. Uh-huh. But it's because you I mean, think you're, you're, oh, we should do that. Sent it to my kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, it deserves a little. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. He just wanted to know if the marquee was covered. Yeah, you got your son to ring up on a busy <laughs> Sunday afternoon and ask me if the marquee at the pub is covered. Like, <laughs> I honestly don't know what to do. Oh, I lolled a lot. We still laughed a lot. But yeah, and yeah. you sent me a video of your son ringing me, yeah. and, I, and I thought it was you. And then what, ha- what happened after? I told you what happened after. Some guy <laughs> rang up. <laughs> It was. It was like. Uh, no, it was before. This was before. before. So what's the what's the what's the secret of comedy timing? So some guy yeah. rings up and goes, I don't. Know. I said I've got a table on the heated mic, and he went, "Is it covered?" And I went, oh, "Honestly, mate, you're not funny." And he went, "What?" I said, "You're not funny, Ed." And he went, "Ed." I went, "Fuck's sake, it's not Ed, is it?" <laughs> Jesus Christ! I went, oh, oh, "Sorry, sir, I thought you were someone else." And he went, oh, "I said, oh, just yeah, 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 okay, bye." Fine. <laughs> But I don't get it. Why is it so difficult? I make videos and put them on Instagram. I know. What a marquee is. <laughs> well, it's like- fine. It's fine. You've got a sign now. I'm going to ring the marquee company up that I rent the marquee off. And I go, when people ring up and go, hey, I'd like to book a marquee for my wedding, do they ask if it's covered? <laughs> like, because it does just it have a roof. Maybe does it have do. a roof? It doesn't maybe, make sense. Maybe it's just you. Maybe everyone else doesn't doesn't understand. It's just, I just don't think they can get their head around it. It's fine. You've you know what I did the other day? I said to this oh, lady, God. I said, I go, we've got a heated marquee. It's covered. It's heated. It's lovely out there. It's lovely and warm. You won't be cold. Come along and have a lovely evening with us. She went, great. She turned up. She went, it's cold. (laughs) And I'm standing there sweating, talking to her. I go, I don't know what to say. Like, what the fuck? It is quite cold. I was out there. I haven't got the heaters on. Well, then... (laughs) Maybe that was her problem. Did you have the heaters on when she yeah, was here? Yeah, it was like, basically, it'd be a Turkish sauna in there I turned all the heaters on some days. <laughs> Becky, don't, don't, uh, don't wind them up. Look, the problem is solved. You've got a sign now. Yeah. What a lovely you sign that is. hang that outside the front of the pub. I'm going uh, to put I this made on that social myself. media. My, mate, my mates just give me this. Like, I made that myself. You, you, you can, did make it yourself. I did make it myself, yeah. Handmade. Handcrafted. Um, I think we'll probably leave that there before he goes on another round to the government. 
Yeah, probably for the best. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking about Christmas and the role of the pub. Now, before we get into all the festive silliness, it's important to remember how important the role of a pub can be at Christmas. Not everyone is surrounded by loved ones at this time of year. Are they Heath? Although, I think this year you are actually surrounded by your loved ones. I don't want that. I'd rather be alone. Uh, but not it. everyone wants that, Heath. Uh, other people do enjoy having people around them. So uh, we are, uh, and, and pubs obviously play a major role in giving people somewhere to go, a place to gather, to join others. So to chat about this, I'm delighted to welcome Mick Dorr from the Alex in Wimbledon, who does some outstanding work in this area, and also Amy Perrin, founder and CEO of the Marmalade Trust, an organisation that seeks to tackle loneliness. So, guys, thanks for joining us. No, you're welcome. Hi. So, Mick, let, let's start with you. Um, tell us about what you do and, and how do you do it at Christmas? Well, we started a few years ago, actually. Um, we, 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 well, I had this idea that we could probably... There must be some people out there who had nowhere to go at Christmas time. So I, uh, I put it out on Twitter that come down to the pub instead and I'll buy you a beer. And, it's, and we did that for a couple of years. And then uh, one day a fella came down, a sailor guy, and I got chatting to him and had a couple of pints. And he was a lovely old fella. And um, when we were closing up, I said to him, why don't you come and have some dinner with us? Because we're doing all our staff dinner and so it's about 20 of us. Come and join us for a bit of dinner. And he said, no, no, no I've got somewhere else to go. He didn't have anywhere else to go, you know. And uh, so I just said to the wife, I had this wild idea next year, let's do food as well. We'll say, let's come down for a beer and we'll do some food. And uh, I think that was eight years ago and we did like 12 on the first year and then last year we did 186. So, Jesus. Wow, you've yeah, become so well known for it now though, haven't you? Yeah, even if I wanted to stop it now, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, it's crazy, really. That's incredible. That's 186. I mean, that's that's a lot of people on their own. I mean, I suppose you don't really understand the scale of that. Initially. Well, I mean, we're in London, aren't we? So mm. we're surrounded by chimney. I always say we're only we're just scratching the surface of the surface. You know, there's, there's thousands of people who draw the curtains and tell everybody they're going down to the cities in Margate and stuff. And the, what they're really doing is just waiting for the bloody day to go so they can get back and uh, start living their lives again. It's the worst day of the year for some people, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how how do you, how have you reached out to these people? How have you uh, how have you managed to get that number coming in, Mick? Well, it starts off with you know we, we did all social media and put all notices up in the pub and stuff, and I think that's why you only get twelve because people don't trust you, do they? At first, I mean, the, the most common question we got asked for the first few years was, "What's the catch?" Mm. You know, because we do free booze and free food, and you, people say, "But well, what's the catch?" We mm. just need a couple um, of your organs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, because the, the world's a funny place, isn't it? There's not a lot of free stuff out there. And we said, well, there isn't a catch. You just, you just come down if you're on your own and we, and we feed you and give you, some, give you a glass of wine and look after you and stuff. And uh, it takes a while before people realise that you're actually not in it to... Because I always say, I don't care if you don't come back the rest of the year. I'm not, that's not why I'm doing it. It's not, nothing to do with that. Um, and, yeah, now people trust us and stuff, and we get donated loads of gear and everything. So um, everybody knows now what's happening with the, with the, with the thing. So, mm. yeah, it just gets busier and busier each year. And, and how do you fund it? How, how, how does that work? Because that's a lot of people, well, I, a lot of food. Yeah, it is. I mean, I get the supplies in a headlock and stuff every year, and, <laughs> and we, have little, we have a little tussle like that, and they help us out, and they give us some stuff free and then some stuff that we buy mm. at a reduced rate, and then people bring bring also i mean last year a lady brought in she's 
brought me a bag, and it is Wimbledon. She said, I, I brought a couple of Christmas cakes in. I said, oh, that'd be lovely. Thanks very much. Anyway, when she went, I had a look, and there were Fortnum and Mason ones. <laughs> baked, I, can't remember the, I can't remember the name of the lady who baked by Sarah Smith. Or Anyway, I, could, I mean, God knows how much these bloody cakes cost. Mm. So, um, and then on the flip side of that, a lady brought me in one year a bag of potatoes and said, you know, with one of, she had one of them pull-along trolley things, you know what the old people have. Mm. And I said to her, look, I'm really glad you brought them in because we're actually really short, but we weren't really, but I just, you know, it's a nice thing to do, isn't it? And she said, oh, thank you, that I'm really glad then. And I said, yeah, we, because we're short. And then she went off and brought another, another pack. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, people bring all sorts in, though. And, and we have little little plastic boxes on the bar where they can donate a quid and stuff. And so I never do it just giving or anything. I know, I've always said, I don't want to get too much money that we don't use. You know, last thing yeah. I want is with the people saying, what happened to all the cash and that. So, yeah. But, yeah, we, we, we do all right. We get, and we get a few black taxi drivers, take people home for free and all that stuff. And, um yeah, we, it's mostly staffed by volunteers who come in and work for us on the day, you know, a couple of chefs and loads of people running food around, which is chaos. It is absolute chaos, I've got to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it works pretty well. It's a lovely day. There you go, Heath. There's somewhere for you to go when your wife's in Sweden. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> Amy, uh, tell us a bit about the Marmalade Trust. What, what do you guys do and, and, and where do pubs sit within that? Oh, firstly, just to say that is amazing. Well done you for doing that. What that just grinning ear to ear at what a great great story so um yeah we've been doing something similar for about a similar amount of time so i started it um 11 years ago and it started with christmas day events uh going to a pub um just taking a few people that would be on their own and then just realize that there's a lot of people that actually need that connection and that company and companionship um so we we go to pubs we run across three counties now we've got 12 pubs this year um and we have small sort of groups of people everybody would otherwise be on their own not uncommon for us to get sort of phone calls from people in their 90s who you know just you know were married for 60 years and have been bereaved and been on their own and um yeah we have people say you know i'm going to put a christmas tree up for the first time and and do some uh, just get involved and it's great i mean he, he probably he feel the same at, at your venue but it just so nice to to see people just all everyone's a bit nervous at the beginning but then everybody's kind of coming together and just being really connected and having love and and people go back to the pub as well which is which is also great absolutely uh, i think we lost uh Mick there for a second but i think he's back yeah i'm back now, I'm back now. He's, I'm back. he's back sorry we dropped off um uh, be careful amy you're gonna make nicky cry in a minute. oh my god it, oh, nicky. <laughs> some kind of uh, need to toughen up nicky it's the only thing that really gets me no, nothing else really affects me but True, especially is, we do say you have like a heart of stone yeah. most of the time and uh except it's, for this yeah when we came to watch our friends run the london marathon last year and i saw three older gentlemen running it all three times i was just was in floods of Tears. Jeez, you need to harden up. Man. It's just the one thing that what I can't this? deal with. Like what old people? It's, it's, being the thought, it's the thought of people being on their own. I hate. I can't. Yeah, I can't cope with the, it. If you're like me, you love being on your own. Yeah, but you're weird. <laughs> Quite happy being on my own. Yeah, there is that. And Amy, I mean, you, you're doing it in pubs. I mean, what what is it about pubs? Do you think that, that that's so integral with this? I mean, pubs are great, aren't they? They're like, you know, quite often the heart of a community. They're, they're a place that's friendly and, and, you know, just a really sort of warm sort of space for people. And, yeah, we're big, big fans of the pub. Don't want to take people to, you know, an old church hall or not that there's anything wrong with that, but actually people to 
feel part of being back in the community again really and and get to know the locals that's what happens every year that we find we get you know the bar staff that come in and volunteer on the day and and then they get chatting to a few and say come back in for a pint in the week and they do and then you know start making new friendships so i mean obviously christmas is is a is a key part um and a key focus of time and loneliness i mean amy is 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 there more that pubs could be doing around the year as well that that could uh, to help to tackle some of this yeah i mean it's a, it's a great space to be able to help really get that connected communities and to feel a much more you know friendly spaces everybody knows that pub that's really kind of friendly like saying hello smiling to people the amount of people that we we'd see and talk to that say their only contact or their their one smile their one bit of connect sorry no no that's all right carry on okay yeah that the only bit of connection um, yeah yeah we've got you mick Fucking hell, this phone, I'm going to launch it in a minute, I think. <laughs> this is like working with Eve. This is almost as good as working with Eve. Brilliant. Sorry, sorry, Abby, you were saying connection. Yeah, connection is just really important, and we can use the pubs to help build on those kind of those bits of connection. So, saying hello, being friendly, um, being really um, using different opportunities. I've heard some really fun stuff from lots of other pubs that have been doing things around this time of year. You know, there's there's lots of social things that are going on. Can you do more within your your pub environment to help people get involved? And I think the other thing is to remember that, um, like Nick said already, that actually be a really hard time for some people um so actually it's just being a little bit aware that it's for every it's not for everybody it's not a family big social time and if people are there and on their own and and feeling a bit more isolated just be a little bit more friendly absolutely absolutely I'm... and mick what 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 do you do i mean you, you you've got this big fantastic piece of work that you do at christmas what do you do around the rest of the year as well is it something that you, you do that you focus on yeah, we, we stuck with it a little bit because it was, um, it was, we figured that people obviously not just lonely on Christmas Day, either, they're lonely throughout the year. So, um, yeah, we started a thing called Meet Up Mondays. Have you heard of that one? Uh, no, no. Tell us more. So we do, it's very similar, yeah. We, we do a, we get people on a Monday lunchtime, only because we've got a big pub and it's quiet, you know, on a Monday lunchtime. So in between 12 and 2, we do free tea, coffee and sarnies, a little bingo and a raffle and stuff. A little quiz and get people together for a couple of hours and um, yeah, we normally get between sixty and seventy people to that every week as well, mm. and that's just a real nice way of getting people get dressed up to come and all that, you know, and it gets them out of the house rather than just sitting and watching the telly. And uh, yeah, we do that all year round. And uh, I was doing that this morning actually, and it's it's, it's really popular. And uh, we've got a romance that started on the back of it, you know, the people to be a Wimbledon the bought a boat together well, we would do wouldn't it <laughs> and um, yeah. and uh, the ladies go for uh, go to the cinema together and go on caravan all day, and all sorts you know so I think all of it is just an excuse to get people out of the house and get them chatting because I, I totally agree with what Amy was saying earlier on you know the, the loneliness is, is I really believe it affects people's mm-hmm. not just mental health their physical health as well and uh, anything we can do to kind of in a pub deepen the footprint in this in this regard we don't just sell beer do we it's more to it than that and um yeah we can do something absolutely loneliness is not just for christmas <laughs> dead right mate yeah indeed. indeed right guys well we shall park it there but thank you very much for that and uh, wish you both uh, a lovely christmas and uh, keep up the good work thank you right, cheers, back, right back at you cheers everybody cheers. Bye-bye. bye bye okay bye
you're listening to the Lock In Podcast with Ed Beddington, Heath Ball and Nikki Thatcher. And we're talking about pubs and Christmas. Um, we're going to take a look at the drink side of things, uh, both a bit current and, and nostalgic, looking back. Uh, to help us with that, we've got uh, a great guest, legendary drinks writer and podcast regular, Pete Brown, uh, dialing in from his globetrotting adventures somewhere in, is it Poland, Pete? I'm in Krakow. Crack off. Oh, I've never been. I hear it's yeah. amazing. I mean, there's a joke there somewhere, isn't there? It's not. I hear there it's is a amazing. joke there but I'm not going to make it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it to Heath. Um, yeah, I mean, every time we speak to you, you're, you're, you're somewhere exotic in the world. It's. Uh, I know, it's good for the brand, isn't it? it, it it's, not as, it's not as exotic as it looks, you know. It's just you always happen to call me on the very few occasions when I'm not in the country. <laughs> I think last time it was Yorkshire, wasn't it? But, uh, <laughs> was it, was it yeah, yeah, something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, Pete, thanks for joining us. Um, let, let's start by having a look back. You know, um, Christmas used to be a time for your great auntie to break open the sherry, to roll out the snowballs and offer the kids a cherry brandy. Or was that just mine? I but don't what know. sort of sherry would they drink? Would it be sweet or dry? I like a sherry. I, well, there you go. Oh, there um, we go. Yeah. It, it was probably a sweet sherry. Oh, I it was like Pedro it used to be like... QC and things like that, didn't it? Harvey's Bristol uh, Cream. Yeah. Cre- cream Sherry. Mm. Which I, I, never, I, never, I never had because I thought Cream Sherry was going to be... I, I don't like anything creamy. Um, and apparently it got its name because it was... When it was first presented to some English people, they said, oh, that's the cream of sherries. Oh, they, really? They didn't, a, they didn't mean it as a product thing. They just meant it was nice. I was going to oh. say, I mean, I have, I have had Bristol's Harvey Cream. So what is Bristol's Harvey cream? cream? Is it a dry sherry then? I think it's sweet. Well, it's sweet. It? Oh, it's sweet. Yeah. It's sweet. I think it comes it's not in. Creamy. I think it comes in different. You can have a dry and a, and a okay. s- sweet variant. Maybe I don't know, but uh, I mean, I'm going back into the dim and distant past. Maybe yeah, we need are. to build. Thanks. You know what we need to do next Christmas? Oh. We need to build a pub and only sell old school drinks. Nostalgic drinks. Yeah, nostalgic drinks. Mm. Do a pop up. Like a panda pop. That's it'd be fucking amazing. Mm. I mean, I mean, much as and we sell them at the same price as they would have been then. <laughs> And we lose, we lose a lot of money. I, was say. <laughs> I do know some working men's clubs that are pretty much there. That <laughs> but they just haven't changed. That's a podcast. We yeah. go around to all the working men's clubs that Pete knows and we go drinking. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, could work. Pint, pint, of, pint of double diamond for 150. Okay, then. <laughs> Is it still going? What, what happened to all these things? Other than, obviously, apart from the fact that they're still available in some working men's clubs. I mean, what, what, what's happened to them, Pete? All those, all the things we're talking about, and it's kind of you know those memories of the, what were there in the seventies and the eighties. I, I don't, I don't have an exhaustive history of all of them, but the ones I do know about, they all have one thing in common, which is that they used to be kind of really classic historic good things, and in the seventies we made everything awful. You know, we took, we took a really good line from Germany, we made that awful. Uh, we had Cascale of our own. And we turned it into Kegel, and that was awful. Uh, things like Advocar used to be... That goes back to Dickens and these possets and um, cups that they used to make in Victorian era, where it was like you'd make them in front of a fire and stick a poker in them, and they used to be nice. And mm. Baby Shell was sparkling Perry. That used to be gorgeous. And the centres, we just made everything awful. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, we just did cheap, crap versions of all of the above. And... Uh, and, and so, you know, a lot of them died out because they were rubbish. <laughs> but hold on, so, so Evercart was in a Victorian drink? I'll yeah, you go back to... Uh, uh, I, 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 if you were to Google it ten minutes before you came on the show... Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, that's a burn oh, right oh, there, well, I was driving through Woodbridge. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I did just now. Um, <laughs> then it's, 
Yeah, advocates actually Dutch drink, but um, but it, you know these uh, these like eggnog and things like yeah, that. Yes, like I've got this whole I've got this whole recipe books full of Dickensian drinks um, where where they were made on that kind of thing. Usually, getting some strong alcohol, chucking a load of curdled eggs into them is the basic sort of formula. And back back then, that was a treat, you know. So uh, I mean, it's something to do with your curdled eggs. Probably, they're it? actually probably better for you than the drinks of today. They're just full of shit today. Yeah. At least yeah, using eggs yeah. and some like alcohol, like you know. I mean, anything with alcohol in your book is uh, is good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So, I, I mean, is that what eggnog is then? Basically, just alcohol with eggs in. Yeah, I mean, and some other things, some spices, things but like don't that. Avocado mean- uh, was the branded version that goes back to the 17th century, and it's originally from Holland. Um, like I say, googling it 10 minutes ago. But eggnog, uh, you'd heat uh, up, wouldn't you? Eggnog was always warm as a warm drink, though. This is always the trick. I, I mean, I, I have seen people try to make these things, and if you don't have the technique for it, uh, you end up doing scrambled eggs in a cup of brandy, <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not nice. I might put eggnog on this Christmas. It sounds great. Give, give it a shot, Heath. You know. Yeah. Put, the, put, the, put it out there. Get, in, get yourself a sign. Get what? Let's go with the others. A sign. Yeah. I'm with your covered roof. Yeah. Um, I mean, the mold wine, mold ciders, they're, they're perennial, aren't yeah. they? They they just seem to. That's never. We haven't. We didn't bugger that up in the seventies. Is that what you say? No, except I mean, you, you, it's well, we do because we're still bringing it up now because you, you get some crap wine which you wouldn't drink normally, mm. and then you get a sash, you get a sachet of stale dried herbs. Whereas you know, if, if you if you start with the principle like like we're doing cooking, I'm sure Heath does this in the kitchen is uh, don't use anything in cooking that you wouldn't happily drink yeah. as, as a nice drink on the table. Mm. Um, so if if you were to make these things out of really good ingredients, then they're absolutely astonishing. They're really lovely. But mm. uh, we have got to see. Oh, we'll just use. That's a rubbish bottle. We'll just use that for mulled wine. Yes. Heath, do you make your own mulled wine? Yeah. You do? What, what do you use? I use, I use a house red wine. Use house red wine, peel mandarins, squeeze the juice, use the skins in there, cinnamon, star anise. Mm. It's quite a lot of work. Mm. Chef hates me. Mm. <laughs> I always do when he's busy. I'm like, you're right then. He's seriously. And then you get people. Oh, the problem with making your own mulled wine, people go, oh, did you make it? And you go, yeah. And they go, you know what you should do? Hmm. But if you said you bought it, they'd go, okay, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's got an opinion. Oh, I see. So, yeah, home, home cooks. Um, I mean, Baby Sham. Let's talk about Baby Sham. We've mentioned it. You know, yeah. I always assumed that was champagne for babies. Yeah, so did um, I. No, but I always thought it, I thought it, I thought it was, like, I never knew what, but it's just basically, it's Perry. Yeah. So, yeah. we still sell talk, Perry today. Tell us a bit about it, Heath. Yeah. I mean, uh, Pete, what, what is the... It's a drink for the ladies. Um, <laughs> oh, so well, it was, it was launched, big, big fan. It was launched as that. Yes. Um, it was it, its moment. Its moment was the early sixties when women had their own disposable income for the first time. Mm. Uh, women going to pubs and buying their own drinks um, instead of having men just buy them a half of, of whatever they were drinking. Um, and sparkling Perry, if you get a good one, is one of the best best drinks you'll ever have. It's the British answer to champagne. Where, when it's made well, I, I think it surpasses champagne. I think it's it's it's. A majestic drink. Um, but uh, Perry apples are so, so difficult to work with. Uh, and Baby Sham comes out of these guys, the, the Showerings brothers, who decided they were going to make the, the first ever commercial scale Perry. And they tried doing it with proper Perry apples. To be fair to them, they tried to do it properly first, mm. and they just couldn't. So they ended up making it with cheap, crappy apple juice instead. Uh, sorry, pear juice uh, oh, instead. Right. Mm. And, uh, and, and it became quite big because it, it, it hit this moment uh, and the way it was marketed. 
the, the glass, you know, the, the nice little champagne glass and stuff. Yeah. There, there was a time when you could look at that and go, I can, I can see if I stretch my imagination how that might look quite sophisticated. Uh, before it would actually tasted it. So we we've we've got some here. Uh, so what, 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 what I get is it, it's it's how big is this bottle? Two hundred ml bottle, and it's six percent alcohol. Yeah, is this all women yeah. in the nineteen sixties were allowed to drink? Is this well, the consumption? No, this is the current form of them. So small. So I, I yeah, I managed to track some down in a, a like supermarket a that shall remain nameless. Um, yeah, and it is a tiny little bottle. It was a pack of four. Um, how much did you pay for the buried in the bomb shelf? Six quid, I think. Oh, no, it's not cheap. So uh, maybe less, maybe less. But um, yeah. So what do you think, Heath? Would, would you? I actually uh, like it. Yeah, I do. I, I like cider and I like berry, and this is really nice. Nikki, you're a cider fan. And, uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Pete. What's your thoughts? But you're not here drinking it. You're in Poland, so. Um. No, I'm sure it's very nice. <laughs> but, 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 but try it. But, but, but try an spark, vintage sparkling Perry next time you see one. Which one? A vintage sparkling. Tom Oliver's. Tom Oliver's. Tom Oliver's. Okay. We should get, let's do that. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll give it a game. We should do. Time. We should do a whole podcast on vintage drinks. Yo, get, you've get, become obsessed now. I am because mm. I just like we're losing our history. Pubs are closing every day. You know, this is great. We should. Okay. We, we need to go back in time a bit and look it, at what you know. It, it's unlike you to suggest ideas for the podcast, so uh, maybe that, that just conversation at the start. We're going to meet it. Pete in Portland, Oregon, where he's going to be filming every <laughs> recording from next time. We hang out. We do a podcast. If you, if you can arrange it, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. We've got the we've got the other oh. the, the other one that was uh, that was a, a highlight of my or not a highlight but familiar from my youth was the snowball. Okay. Um, we've got some of that here as well, so we're gonna we're trying. I mean, Pete, can you tell us anything about the snowball? Oh my god! Not much. I just think it has that same. Um, I just think it has that same sort of uh, Victorian heritage as the the possets and the cups and things like that. How, how old, I can see there the kind of thick. How long ago would they made this? Mm. Would this be um, 16th century as well? 16th, 16th, 16th century all the way through to Victorian times. Yeah. You, know, you get your hot poke in your half, mix it all up. No wonder they didn't live. No wonder they didn't live long back then. That's like eggy, eggy orange juice, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's weirdly fizzy as well. Oh no, oh, I like it's it. Not, it's not for me. I like it. Do you? No, I like it. You like it? Oh yeah, that's good. Well, you, the I'll, ABV I'll, on leave, that? I'll leave those with you then for the. Uh, thing. It's only three and a half percent. Jesus, got to drink thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's not the point. I love, I, love, I love how fizzy has a completely different. Uh, Evocation to it than weirdly fizzy. Yeah, but you don't want weirdly fizzy, do you? <laughs> it feels like it feels like you're in like a holiday resort, like you're in some sort of fun fair. It's quite. It's like I can understand why the Victorians and that liked it because it's so different. It's sweet, but it's sour. Mm. It, it's really pretty. It's mm. weird. Mm. I like you it. You could start yeah. a campaign to bring the snowball back, Keith. Mm. Get, well, I've just put a bottle of avocado at the dish and carry today. Baby sham on the bar, <laughs> snowball. Baby Shem on draft. There you go. There we go. It could work. That'd be good. There you go. And <laughs> um, Pete, I mean, what what's what what would you say are the are the are the current trends? I mean, what are people looking for at Christmas? What will be the in thirty years time? Will some idiots be sitting down recording a podcast like this? What will they be sort of talking about as our as our Christmas drinks that have formed? I can say it. Hope. I mean, I mean, what we're getting now is people just like it frustrates me when I see wine articles where it says here's some great wines for Christmas mm. and I'm like well, I'm, I'm sure they're great wines but why are they great wines for Christmas mm. just because you want to sell them at Christmas yeah uh, I think I think Prosecco is probably the big the big hit just now uh, that it's kind of like you're obliged to have that um, what, what people are missing is kind of Christmas ales Christmas beers uh, really big over here at the moment where I'm in Poland big mm. in Belgium 
Now, we have some fantastic ones, you know, where, where rather than just being good wines that you're selling at Christmas, they're, they're beers that are specially brewed for the season and specially brewed to go with the things that we're, we're eating just now. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I will serve a, I'll serve a sparkling uh, cider or perry to guests when they arrive for Christmas dinner on, on Christmas Day. Um, we're probably going to have some wine, let's be honest, with, with Christmas dinner, but you could have a sparkling Belgian beer like Deus or something like that. And then with pudding and afterwards, um, a Christmas ale, a Fuller's Vintage Ale, something like that, where it's got those kind of red fruit flavours that pair with the food. And, you know, finishing with a barley wine, we just sit and fall asleep in front of Doctor Who. <laughs> Do you think anything is coming back, Pete? Anything that was kind of popular... I don't know, a couple of decades ago, whatever. Yeah, you mentioned sherry, and I think there's this lovely... Um, I've, I've, done a, I've done so many of these events now at programming the Abergavenny Food Festival that it's, it's actually become a cliche at these events to start to, to build them as the drinks at the, at the back of your auntie's cupboard that you've forgotten about. Mm. It's kind of like they've, they've actually started to move beyond that now and, and regain some relevance. And we drink sherry week in week out at um you know not 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 the cream sherries but uh, but you know the the the, the spanish portuguese sherries um they're, they're wonderful wonderful drinks they've got the complexity to them it's dryness um i think madeira is another one that that's kind of long been overlooked ended up as kind of a dodgy cooking ingredient again mm-hmm. uh, but you get a good madeira and it's got so much complexity um, exactly the same origin stories uh, in the parallel, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> well, you know what? I think the fact that we all kind of, apart from Heath, sort of turned our nose up at the snowball. Yeah, I think the snowball's I know, Nikki great. Nikki and I have been coming I back to genuinely it. Genuinely think yeah, the snowball's great. Try I need, that. I need, well, I, I try, try it again. Just go I back and it. revisit it. I have you numerous times, but. Yeah, what's that? You can't force it on her. <laughs> okay. You sound like HR. <laughs> 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 well, on that note, I think we will park that one there. But, uh, Pete, we uh, thank you for uh, dialing in from the lovely uh, Krakow. Enjoy the, uh, the, the, the Polish beer, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking Christmas and pubs. Uh, what could be more Christmas than a party in the pub? It's that time of year that all publicans look forward to when the amateur drinkers descend. No one knows how to queue at the bar, and the mop and the bucket need to be kept on standby. Our next guest is one who loves all that, the magnificent Pete Marshall from Entertainment Pub of the Year, the King's Arms in Bexley Heath. Hi, Pete. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, everyone. So, Pete, come on then. What, what, why do you love a, a Christmas party in your pub? Do you love a Christmas party? Let, let's get to the number then. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose the, the politically correct answer is yes, of course we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, Christmas Christmas is a fantastic time of year. It uh, certainly brings its challenges, um, but equally it is a time when we, uh, we can get people together and a lot more people together. Yeah. So um, it's good exposure for the pub. It's um, You get the atmosphere right, then... Obviously, things uh, um, can really, um, I don't know, build, build for the, uh, the earlier part of next year. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a good time of year. But, yeah, it certainly does um, bring a few different hurdles along the way. Uh, I'm loving the fact that Heath's just shaky his head. Uh, I fucking hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have a really nice December and a really nice January as opposed to a stupid December full of drunks and people who can't handle their alcohol. Forget what they've ordered for this set menu. Mates. And just, it just, I just, like, it's just, it's like amateur drinking hour. I want the professionals. <laughs> I want the professionals. I don't, I don't want the 
you know, like, oh, okay, I'll come out. Doreen in accounts, first night out, you know, all year, has, has a couple of cocktails and she's throwing up in the toilets. Nah, no. At least thanks. it's in the toilets. Good point. Mm. I mean, Ave, I just thought you've got all your customers so well trained that uh, this, this is an issue. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, Ed. I'm just weeding them out. I'm weeding them out. <laughs> I, I mean, Pete, you made a good point there. You, you sort of said, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's an opportunity to showcase business. You know, perhaps those people that, that haven't been in before that are being dragged there against their will for the Christmas <laughs> works Christmas party. It, it is a good opportunity, isn't it, to, to, to get on their radar? Yeah, we, uh, we we certainly look at it in that, exactly that manner. Um, I completely agree with what Heath says. Equally, though, there's uh, there's plenty of people that get dragged along that you probably don't want dragged along. But the reality is that there is um, there is some good exposure to be had along the way. So uh, from from our perspective, we, we've been dealing with a lot of large groups already, uh, as we have done the last few years. And um, we have gained more momentum in January and February off the back of that. And we've obviously gained more uh, more guests generally throughout the year as a result of the exposure. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense to do it. It's not a case of just going, you know, well, actually, like Heath, I, I can't be doing with a hassle. It's a real investment in, into, into the pub, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm chuckling away at what Heath said because there is the reality of the um, uh, of the um, the one night a year drinkers um, and the, uh, the the people that are possibly more opinionated than what you require. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just part of the process, isn't it? I, you'd rather have the uh, the trade that we get in the December period throughout the entire year. We only get one crack at it for five weeks a year, roughly. So we've got to try and make as much of it as we can whilst uh, whilst make make hay whilst the sun shines. Indeed. I mean, yeah, quite Heath drawing from account might become a regular customer yeah now I'm okay she can stay home and drink baby sham and watch watch reruns of Only Fools and Horses <laughs> there we go um, I mean what, what are the challenges around, around hosting a Christmas party what are, what are the pitfalls what should operators be thinking about Pete uh, you've got to be planned. You've, you've definitely got to make sure that you're um, you're organised and you, you've got everything down. We um, we launched Christmas probably back pre-September. Um, <laughs> we had the patterns in place halfway through the year. Um, so you've got to make sure that you've um, you've got the agenda in place for what you're you're planning for yourselves, and then you communicate that via social media, via the, um, the the channels that you normally would do back to parties that had come last year. Um, if you've done a good job, then you should be getting repeat bookings from the previous year. So um, you've got to be, you've got to be well-planned, well-versed, and you've got to make sure that the team know exactly what's expected of them um, and then just get the wheels in motion. And the wheels certainly uh, kicked in in October for us. And pretty much by the end of October, we were fully booked for most of December. So it was, it was down to just pre-planning and making sure that we were planned and ready to go. And Pete, you guys host loads and loads of events and different bits and bobs going on in the pub as well. So how do you juggle that as well as Christmas parties and keep everybody happy? It, yeah, to be dead frank, it is, uh, especially this year, because we we normally do a lot of um, entertainment, as, as you know. Um, but this year particularly, we decided that uh, we would increase with a few more events throughout the December period just to optimise some of the more popular events that we didn't do in the December period last year. Um, it has proven quite a challenge um, because we, we try and stay on top of communication um, and ticket sales and things like that. So, to be honest, it's just a bigger workload and it's just about trying to offset that to different people um, and ensuring, like we say, every, we have our meetings every Monday and we ensure that everyone knows what the plan is for the week and who's chasing what, where and when. Um, but yeah, no, we've we, we certainly um, increased the already quite full list of events and it's, um, it's turned this year into... Um, yeah, a lot more fun. <laughs> You're doing a lot of <laughs> events, though, aren't you? I'm reading. I'm on your website now. 
Cyberstorm. Yeah. Yeah, like Jesus. I love the way he's passing off. like he's really on the ball, though, whereas Nikki's actually just shoved out in front of me. <laughs> no, I just leaned over and casually looked at Nikki's screen. I was like, she closed down a lot of the programs before I got there. And I was like, Who's, is it that rugby player from the. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Like, there's a lot going on. How do you deal with all that? Fuck. Yeah, I don't know whether we've bitten off more that we can chew this year. We certainly kept it rolling. Every to this night point, you've got point. shit going. Like there's like, my God. And, and what time? What's New Year's Eve look like? Get me down to New Year's Eve. Oh, what oh, are you doing oh, to my computer? Yeah, broken. It. Yeah, what are you doing New Year's Eve? I couldn't see that. Um, well, we were just opening our doors and the world's flooding our way already. Um, I think off the back of the reputation of, of what we've been generally doing. Um, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve we've not even mentioned to people uh, Christmas Eve's fully sold out and New Year's Eve is um, about 60% done so we, we've tried to do bigger things on New Year's Eve in previous years we've um, done it with live music food mm. DJs sort of in different sections of the pub um, and last year we just sort of de-evolved that a little bit because people didn't seem to be responding to the live music as much so we just went with a DJ um, we cut off the food element as well people just wanted to have a big party mm. we're going with that again this That's year so, easy, um, isn't it? it's a lot easier what I want you to do it is a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Shutting the pub and shutting at ten o'clock. <laughs> I'm doing dinner. Ten well, they all in Highgate. They all go and watch the fireworks. So they just piss off anyway. So it just naturally fills out. So I'll do dinner, kick them all out. Well, by the other sites, what are you doing at the? Uh, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, the windlock opens at two o'clock in the morning. DJ, okay. all that. Lock out, we're closed. Yeah. Just get the wrong and, element in Hayward Heath. And, and when Pete said he'd started uh, sort of uh, working on at Christmas and in September, and you kind of gave a strangled laugh. When did you start working on Christmas Eve? Last week, yeah, December. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I just, you know what I mean. Every year it comes around, I just go, "Fuck off! Oh, I can't be bothered with this shit." <laughs> All these people happy, going around, sharing presents, smiles on their face, skipping in the snow. <laughs> Fuck! It's my idea of hell. What, people being happy. Yeah, what, we, should, we, we should, should know like, that by now. You, like, it should be like a Grinch Christmas where you're just like, you're not doing anything. Just leave us alone. So come, that's come. why they come to you, though, isn't it? They, do. they, they come here for reality. Come here yeah. to be miserable. I keep it real. Very <laughs> angry real. little man. <laughs> 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 Pete, I mean, you, 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 as you talked about New Year's, so you've evolved, you've changed. I mean, what, are you seeing much change when it comes to people's expectations of Christmas parties? Are, are there any trends or things that you've noticed over the years? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think much has changed in ultimately what people want. Um, I think for for the night out there, I think the level of expectations definitely gone through the roof. Um, but I think that's that's off the back of the pandemic in in general. So um, yeah, I, I'm not so sure that the trends have necessarily changed. I do think um, pubs have become more popular for sure. Um, I used to have a nightclub as well, and we found that in the latter years of the club, which went during the pandemic. Um, ticket sales were a lot harder and if they did come they come very late on um, and I know that the clubs that are not too um, far from the location I'm in at the moment I know that they're um, pretty much not sold anything yet because that's just the way that the trends are the, uh, the generational change of that but we're also finding that there's a lot more of that demographic coming into the pub um, around Christmas and particularly around Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve because I think it's just perceived as slightly more attainable and um, not not quite as big a night out and as an expensive night out and cost of living and all of that so yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's changed that much but I think for the clubs it definitely has yes yeah um, and I mean one of the things I, I was saying earlier before we were on there saying that I'd seen a survey this morning saying that um, sort of office Christmas parties are, are falling out of flavour uh, people would rather have 
the cash than uh, than going to a party. I mean, I think that must sound like sort of your mate. The ones you, who can't drink that. and who are boring. Give them the cash. Tell them to stay at home. I want the professionals. I want the people who want to smash that budget and go beyond the budget and spend all their money. Those are the people we want. Let Dorian in accounts stay at home. Bring Frank, who likes to drink shots. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, are, are, are similar similar feelings there, or uh... if you could be selective over people, I think you would be selective. But I think we're uh, we're perhaps a little bit more accommodating than Heath, um, and we will we'll take are, the ring. Yes. Say that again. Most people are more accommodating than him. I was going to say, it's, uh, <laughs> it would be hard to be any less accommodating. I mean, you do put the... Uh, uh, no, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say it. I'll get myself cancelled. So, no, we won't say that. Uh, <laughs> I want to know what you're going to say, Edwin. <laughs> Jesus. And so, there's, there's also that... Uh, this won't fly well with Heath, but there's also the element of inclusivity, isn't there, um, of people nowadays, certainly younger people. When you talk about office parties, you've got a mix of people coming in. You've got the aforementioned Doreen from Accounts. Uh, you've got a little Dave, who's uh, the post uh, postering boy. You know, not everyone drinks. Not everyone wants to do the same sort of thing. Some people don't like to eat meat. Some people do. I mean, how how do you deal with that? I mean, is that is that something that pubs are recognising and responding to? Are you recognising and responding to that, Pete? That not everyone has the same requirements. We do this all year round, Ed. This is not like you you act like it's witchcraft or something. This is what we do. We make. Well, this is easy. This is, this is we accommodate. We're in hospitality. You say that, but not many pubs are particularly great on when it comes to the alcohol-free. Offer. Okay. So okay. if you're, if you're talking, I know you have. Uh, yeah. You've got one alcohol-free beer on draft. Uh, but if you're, um, yeah, I mean, is, is that something you're picking up on, uh, Pete? Is that something you're saying? Yeah, there's definitely more requirements all round. Mm. Um, yeah, alcohol-free, vegan, lactose intolerant, mm. gluten. It just. It, 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 yeah, it's everything, isn't it? So, but I think um, if you're evolving, you've got to stay on top of it. It's just, it's just as simple as that. And as he said, we do it all year round anyway. So, um, Christmas is just a, a lot more workload in terms of trying to identify why Steve can't eat the beautiful roast beef that we're cooking when he's a vegan. I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's, I suppose it's, it's with with you know, with other places that have activities. People want to go for an activity, so they'll go for an activity. So, are we gonna do we do we run the risk of of missing out a bit on the, that Christmas uh, those bookings because we're focused on food and drink, or do you do do you do more than that? Do you offer activities, Pete? Uh, well, the, the, the entertainment's going on throughout, so we try. And, we have tried to definitely do a mix and match this year. Um, we've got uh, this Thursday. We've got um, we've got the bingo night last week. We had comedy. Um, we've got um, a couple of really fully booked um, Christmas quizzes um, that we've already run one. Um, so in amongst that, trying to operate different menus and different requirements from different people, yeah, it's been a real challenge. I won't lie, mm. but equally. What I didn't notice over the previous week um, in the town, it feels like Christmas has kicked in possibly this week, a bit oh, more. Yeah. I mean, the bookings have always been there for us, yeah. um, but we've worked hard and a lot of that's been driven through entertainment. Mm. So whereas I've seen other venues with um, next to nothing sort of floating around midweek particularly, mm. um, we've been we've been busy up to this point already. So I think people are level of expectation. They just want more from it. So yeah. food and drink doesn't cut it quite as much. Um, yeah. then it, there needs to be more getting it from that. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, we're we're pretty much out of time, Pete. But uh, what what bit of advice would you offer to to other operators uh, looking to to maximise at Christmas? Uh, start early, plan well, 
um, ensure that you're on top of it, ensure you get your message out there, and then just make sure you've got someone good in charge of coordinating it all. Um, make stay on top of those Christmas parties once they've, uh, they've made their inquiries. So, yeah, it's, it's just stay on top of things. That's the, uh, that's the big thing. Just be, give it a real good time. Be prepared. Plan ahead. Um, Good Cub Scout. <laughs> <laughs> Get cancelled. <laughs> let's uh, let's park that Still one. Not the bother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will park that one there. Cheers, Pete. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with Ed Peddington, <coughs> Nicky Thatcher and Heath Ball. And we're talking about pubs and Christmas. We've done drinks, we've done parties. What else could we talk about but food? Heath's second favourite topic after wine. Well, third really, but we'll ignore the OnlyFans addiction. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't you laugh, Nicky. Uh, it's your account. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh delighted. God. I'm delighted to welcome two wonderful guests joining us for this gastro pub legends, Brendan Padfield, who had this top of his priority this podcast. He wasn't driving through the countryside when he was supposed to be appearing on this, but we'll let him off that. And of course, superstar butcher to the stars, Russ Allen, as well. So, guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, typical Christmas fare is turkey with all the trimmings but it doesn't have to be can pubs be a little bit more creative with what they do uh, Brendan stop heavy breathing into the mic there. <laughs> I mean he's a bit excited <laughs> over Christmas meal isn't he <laughs> Brendan you're, you're doing something different you're, you're offering Pigeon Wellington um, oh, I mean it's we a, are it's Pigeon Wellington random. with uh, caramelised salsify cream sprouts and dripping potatoes who the hell wants turkey at Christmas so, what, what did you say was it Get pigeon, pigeon, or, pigeon or chicken Pigeon. 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 I mean, thought it was you. It, I was driving through Trafalgar Square the other day <laughs> and there was a bloke who looked like you with a large net is that you mate yeah, of course it was. Well, you your GP must be amazing. Income, income generation. It's hard. There's, there's a bloody depression out there, Heath. Get with the programme. Cost you of living crisis. Do not work hard enough. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna, that's it. I mean, uh, pigeons, it's it's not the most expected of choices. I mean, would, I mean, did you consider some other birds? You know, thrush, wellington, no, perhaps? No, no. We, Starling we, we, we just want it. Great tit surprise. <laughs> no, we just wanted to be snotty gets and sort of uh, resign out of, you know, you know what it's like here in Suffolk. Uh, we all drive around in our Range Rovers and and we all talk a highfalutin tooting language. So why on earth would you put turkey on, for Christ's sake? <laughs> I, I kind of agree with you. I, I'm doing turkey, but I, I've never liked the meat. It's a shit meat. It doesn't taste it's anything. Oh, uh, Ross, do you want to well, object here as the as the uh, as a supplier of turkey? Do you want to defend turkey, or do you uh, oh, do you agree? Oh, you didn't tell me we got a supplier. I <laughs> <laughs> could have been in the briefing, for God's sake, man! If you'd have turned up on time, on time, you might have you might realised. <laughs> Well, we supply all sorts of things, so I think whatever people want to put on is with me. Um, I think I think turkey sales in in pubs and restaurants have dipped a little bit in recent years. Okay, um, you know, and and you know, I run a little French bistro myself, and I don't have turkey on either. Do you have pigeon um, Wellington? Think, no, I've got confit on, but. Um, I think in a pub situation, more of the traditional pubs, I think it's still expected, obviously, 
in the more food-led ones, I think you can be a little bit more sort of... Well, uh, you, you say that, and that's very kind and generous. So our thinking was, it wasn't just my... Uh, business partner and head chef and snooty get Dave Wall Esquire who, was, who says I'm not cooking effing turkey again this year because he wouldn't say a thing like that because that would be very elitist indeed um, but the, you know the competition on Christmas turkey menus is, is fierce and if you're doing the same as everyone else, the people at the business school where I failed to graduate from said, "If you're, do, you're going to be chased on price. So the theory was, let's do something different that might be in keeping with more in our brand. Mm-hmm. I'd like to say it's been a rip-roaring success. <laughs> Actually, the bookings, those who have the Pigeon Wellington, not just because I'm saying it, it is truly astonishing and great value. However... Actually, has it brought the punters in so we're packed out every night and day eating pigeon wellington? No, we're not because they want turkey dinners, actually. Yeah, so, uh, to is, you, the yeah. turkey producer, you know, good on you. Well, but, this is interesting because, um, I mean, not lowering the time, but Flaming yeah. Grill took turkey off last year. Yeah. They've put it back on this year because they've seen, right. Mate, you know, we, we, massive we, loss in tobacco. At the Red, we're cooking turkey, we have roast dinner, turkey roast dinner on the menu, on the a la carte menu, every day over Christmas. Because the demand is there. So you're getting, you're getting right. people who come in, they're by themselves having roast turkey on like a Tuesday lunch at one o'clock. I find it weird, mm. but I'm making money. <laughs> so money's I'm good. Ju- I'm just going to ask Darth Vader to pull his mic a little bit away from his, his, his mouth there. That's, that's it. Excellent. Okay. The heavy breathing was uh, getting Nikki a bit excited. Oh, uh, please. <laughs> So Turkey is a winner. I, I, yeah, I think you've got it. Listen, yeah. you've got to play like everybody wants it. Like, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Sell it. Take the money off them, and just go on holiday in January to the Maldives. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have to make the point, um, Brandon, that I, if you were going to go for an alternative, there were probably better choices than pigeon. I mean, it doesn't. Really? It doesn't. Well, I mean, really? let's, let's face it, pigeon. They're basically flying rats, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> you might as well have just put a rat in a Wellington, and it's not going to probably be, has. It's, it's got the GP. Than, what was wrong with a duck Wellington? Or well, I don't know. I mean, even a rabbit Wellington. Well, ducks, ducks a bit I mean, more accessible. For the obvious, I mean, for the obvious bloody reason, Ed, that I couldn't go to Trav- Trafalgar Square and get that. <laughs> for Christ's sake, it's bloody obvious. <laughs> I did wonder what Heath was doing, helping you in there, Trafalgar Square. Oh, good, like, uh, I mean, we've got us. We have a secret plan. It's, it's is Heath, you know what he's like. He's got multi-various businesses as Heath. This is this is business plan number four. So far, Heath, it's not bloody work. Sorry, mate. Sorry, <laughs> Ross. I mean, what what would you recommend for for businesses that are looking for a uh, an alternative to Turkey? One that is also going to be a commercial success. Let's just get that caveat in there to, uh, right. to cut bread at the knees. Well, I, I actually don't think. You know, Brendan's alone in taking turkey off the menu. I I probably shouldn't be saying this because, you know, we've still got quite a lot to sell, but hopefully people's menus are set by now. I think there's an economic thing going on. You know, years ago, not so many years ago even, turkey you could buy relatively cheaply and and make a a massive margin on it. Of course, prices have increased so much. If you've got a set menu, you perhaps could put on a duck leg and, and comfy it and probably wouldn't be too far out on the financial side. I still think at home Christmas Day and, and is important, you know, for people that are open to put Christmas on. But I think in the lead up, people are putting all sorts of things on. Shoulders of Lamb are going on. Mm-hmm. As I said, ducks, duck confit, things like that are very popular. Anything slow cooked so that the, um, you know, chefs have got less less to do during service are all, 
all working well. And of course, Turkey, sometimes if you don't sell out, you know, you've got a piece left, which is potentially wasted. So, you know, and of course, you know, can you do it, do it justice on the day? You know, mm. Turkey isn't a dry meat, but if you're very, very busy, it could be problematic in some kitchens. Well, funny you should say that. Problematic indeed, because the very last case that uh, the greatest lawyer in the world, namely Brendan Padfield, <laughs> brackets, not, close brackets, shite lawyer of the century, one of the last cases I did act for was a food poisoning case in Essex uh, where somebody died and 44 people were hospitalised. Oh, I remember oh, that wow. case. Yeah. Were you involved yeah. in that? Yeah. Were you in the kitchen? Sorry, hang on. <laughs> Yeah, but I, told you, kitchen, I told you not to tell everybody. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and when you said problematic, it, problematic indeed, because mm. I think it's a matter of public record now how problematic the the cooking of that said turkey was. Yeah. Um, and uh, it started the day before. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it, yeah, there, there, there's challenges around that, isn't there? I mean, we were talking off-air about geese and and, yeah. and you were saying russ actually uh, that's that's there's less supply of that people are avoiding i mean tr- the turkey i mean turkey's a fairly recent i say recent i mean it's not that recent but we never used to eat turkey it was it, traditionally it would have been uh been uh, a goose wouldn't it i mean you go back to charles dickens nicky's looking at me blankly you know just all because, the time just because dickens, you were alive doesn't that mean old. i was <laughs> yeah yeah scrooge famously wanted a goose not a turkey so mm, i mean yeah. what, what's going on with geese well, geese are very popular. We run a shop as well, and, and you know we've so, more or less sold out of geese already, which is quite wow. unusual. You know, we only do about sixty, and um, they seem to have a. It seems strange. Some years they're really popular. Some years they're not. Um, people that love them love them and have them every year. But I think for pubs or restaurants, they're a bit more difficult because you're not going to get the yield. So it's it's quite a difficult. We put it on. What, we put a goose on uh, or geese on or, or a goose. We put goose on one year. What am I trying to say? I don't know. And, um, uh, and for the very reasons you say, it came at a premium price, and we put it on the luxury version. Ah, that's well, it went down like a lead balloon because people aren't prepared to pay the price. There's there is a, I, I, you know, the pricing norms impact upon us every single day, everybody in society, and certainly all of us in the trade. And there is a certain price over which people won't pay. But at Christmas time and set menus, I feel it's particularly exacerbated. And goose was a goose step too far, frankly. <laughs> we, 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 like, we, I do goose on pre-order. Well, if I can, if I can get it for for customers ah. at Christmas. So I do a lot of pre-order, like you know, suggest that. And it is expensive, but they're willing to pay for it. And, uh, have we well, seen? I've got to say, as a butcher, I've never had one. So You've I've never had a goose. Nope. Jesus Christ. It's a great meat. I love geese. It is. It's it, really good. It, it's, it's far nicer than turkey. Yeah, man, there's so much... Oh, just the fat. Oh. Mm. I should try one apart from I wouldn't win in my household. I'd be overruled, so... Mm. Yeah, well, obviously, you don't... You know, you're not the alpha well, in the household. It, it, the it, you've got to, you're not ruling... That almost sounds like a confession that the uh, the butcher has a household full of vegetarians there. Is that, so. is that what's happening? <laughs> you come home, you've got to shower got before you... Decontamination before you get the house. <laughs> Brilliant. And I mean, in terms of turkey supplies, coming back to turkey, what what's the situation, Russ? Is, are we seeing uh, any issues there at all with everything that's going on, bird flu and all that kind of stuff? 
No, there, there's, there are some little pockets of bird flu, but thankfully after last year, which was very, very challenging time for our industry, um, it seems to be under control. And of course, any turkeys now for Christmas have all been, been processed anyway, so mm. the majority. So, you know, I think this year it's been been a lot, lot better. But of course, what did happen is a lot of turkey farmers just got out of it. Yeah. You know, they saw their flock being slaughtered. The compensation came through, but it came through very slowly. Mm. And, you know, they kind of look at it and go, do I really want to go through all of this again? Because it's so virulent, this disease, that even droppings off a wild bird can, can cause your whole flock to go down. And, you know, without being political about it, the way that the uh, MAF are dealing with it is not 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 ideal. No. Until they allow us to have uh, some sort of vaccination via a pill, I think we'll continue to struggle yeah, let's not get a heat starting on the government again. No, don't start. Oh don't set him off. off. Don't set him off. Don't set bastards. Uh, uh, Brendan, final word for you. Uh, pigeon this year. What, what's next year? Squirrel. I think definitely squirrels. <laughs> You're going to be back it's to seeking, Turkey. You're going to be. It's. Um, I'm. 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 When I put the uh, phone down on this uh, this Zoom, I'm obviously going to get on to Heath Ball, Esquire of the Red Lion and Son <laughs> Super Pub in Highgate, for his consultancy fee on what is the way forward. <laughs> well, he screwed you uh, over with the pigeons. But, but subject to that advice. Definitely squirrel because that won't bloody sell either. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want any customers. That's it. You're following no, the Heath, no, okay, the Heath right, Ball yes. model. Yeah, no, just <laughs> discourage <laughs> customers. I want customers. The, the Heath Ball model of business development. That's I'm it. I want him, customers who spend money and who are nice and polite. I don't want the ones. I'm with you, Heath. Yeah. I'm with you, Heath. I'm with you, Heath. See exactly it. Well, on that note, let's part that one there. But thank you very much, guys. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we are sadly at the end of this episode. Uh, we've learnt a lot, mostly that Heath is now a fan of snowballs. Mm-hmm. Stop laughing, Nikki. Mm-hmm. And baby sham as yeah. well. So, I, like, uh, I like both of them. For someone who can be such a snob, I'm actually yeah, quite but, amazed but by you know this. What, like, you know what brings me a tear to my eye? Nothing. It's history. Kicking the balls. It's mm. going looking back at the past and bringing that there. So I kind of like, like both of them. I'm putting, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prove you both wrong. I'm going to put snowballs on the menu tomorrow at the Red Lion and Sun. Since I bought a bottle today from the Cash and Carry, <laughs> the only person who ever bought that bottle, dusted it off. I'm going to put them on the menu tomorrow. Top is of the it menu. in date? I was just going to say, is it still in date? You've got to keep it in the fridge, don't you? you got six months to use it. That's right, awesome. okay. I love the fact that it's from Barn Hens. So I'm going to bring it in. I'm going to put this is on the menu. Is that a place in Germany? Or I don't know. I'm, it's Holland. Yeah. But I'm going to put them on the menu and see what happens. I mean, I'm fascinated to see whether this actually works. Cause, uh, you can reveal the results on our next episode. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you what. I'll put it on tomorrow, and then the end of December, mm. I'll, I'll do a stock take on it and see okay. where we're at and see how many we sold. And you'll probably still have just as much left. I reckon I reckon there's going to be an element of people just going, I remember a snowball. I yeah. quite fancy a snowball. I reckon. Said no one ever. Yeah, you've got to remember my customer base. Some of them are like turning Old. 100 and getting telegrams from the, oh, the king. <laughs> it's hard to keep up it's hard to keep up so what, what else have we learned we've, we've been talking about Christmas generally what's uh, what's our key takeaways from uh, uh, well, loneliness for me like the loneliness Nikki and their old people yeah, yeah. I kind of like you know the kings is it king's head that do all the events mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they're all king's, king's, king's arms you saw how organised that shit is mm. man that guy could invade the beaches at Normandy he was <laughs> organised 
like, scary organiser. I'm like, I'm, I'm hobbling along to December going, yeah, let's put some decorations up. Okay. We'll have snowballs on tomorrow. We'll have <laughs> See, that's why I'm there. I'm on the pulse. I can it, feel it. You're can, nimble. I'm nimble. Either that or you've just got the attention span of a butterfly and you're just flitting from idea to idea. It's quite mean for you, Ed. Isn't it? It is. Accurate, though, isn't been, it? I, I was going to say. A, no, the problem I've got... The truth hurts. ...is I just, I just... Yeah, I don't think for very long. You don't have a very long attention span. Well, hang on, you oh, think? Oh, 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 what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on here? What am I still doing? Baby sham, room? yeah. Ba- oh, I love baby sham. <laughs> I mean, you've, you are still necking from the bottle of baby sham. <laughs> what I find really, really weird is it's only 200 mil. Like, that's a shot these days. Like, oh. I could do 15 of these in a fucking heartbeat. In mean, a half hour. I mean, that's responsible drinking. What is, what's, the, what's the ABV of it? Oh, that one was 3.5. Oh, this one's 6%. 6%. But the, um, the snowball's only 3.5. It's a lot of calories to not get very drunk. I want to get drunk quick. What, what's, the, what's the ABV of the Advocate? 17.2. Okay, so double measure. You're not really getting hammered, are you? No. Give it a go. I'm, I'll put it on, listen. I'll maybe put it on. You make sure you put it on the menu and don't just drink it all yourself. I don't like this, Nate. You come in and I've got like, I'm like, oh, you're right. He's like, got oh, egg related gout. <laughs> I can't walk properly. I wonder what the al- what's the alcohol on avocado? I just told you. Are you kidding me? No, what is the alcohol they use? Oh, I see. I was going to say, <laughs> wow. Hell. That is another level of attention. What are we still talking about? Who knows? Like, who Jesus knows? Christ. Where we're we going, we don't need roads. What is it doesn't say, does it? It's going to be industrial liquor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ethanol. Like ethanol. Doesn't so say. when we power the nuclear power plant, we have this runoff. <laughs> like, and well, we I mean, make it's got a strange yellow glow to it. So um, Listen, I'm going, to put, I'm going to put it on the menu. I'm going to let you know how it goes. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to, to my Chablis so. and Baby Chab combination. Are you going to be inviting the, uh, the lonely of... Uh, Highgate into the pub on uh, Christmas Day. The happiest people on the planet. To get away from your wife. I'm not sure that... Well, from your reports about your customers and the arguments you have with them... I don't even argue, I have disagreements. Mm. (laughs) Same thing, I know. Mm. Semantics. Are they that happy? No one is happy. The thing is, I've worked out with one of my customers. The more money they have, the more fucking miserable they are. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They generally have nothing in their life to complain about. They'll come in here and they'll go... I don't like that. And you go, really? I had a customer who dropped the turkey on the table the other day. It didn't drop it. I mean, it's an expression in catering, Nikki. We took it, we took, we took, I put the food down in front of her and she went, I don't like it. I went, sorry. She goes, I thought it'd be a whole turkey. I went, you, you thought that. She goes, well, I mean pieces of turkey on the bone. I went, no, that doesn't make sense. What? So she goes, can I change it? And I went, not really. And she goes, well, no, I, I don't like this. She didn't even try it. This is what I deal with. These people are so fucking unhappy with their I'm lives. Sure they just dumped they look, a massive turkey, like yeah, desperate Dan style, just, kind look, of just, they just steaming. They just want to be angry at stuff because they want to validate their life and, and just give some well, sort of... Hang on a second. Go on. Coming from the very angry little man. I'm not angry. I'm just pointing out what's wrong on the planet. There's a lot of shit wrong. I'm making observations. I look around and I go, that's fucked up. Don't like that. Those are observations. I'm not unhappy. I'm just disappointed, as I've said before, (laughs) with mankind. So she's clearly unhappy with her life. She forgot to make a booking. I accommodate the booking, get her in, and she sits there and she's fucking miserable. Gets a turkey, sits down, looks at it and goes, I'm not eating that. Why? You got braces? It's going to get stuck in your teeth? Why aren't you eating it? So, yeah, I have a lot of unhappy customers. They have a lot of fucking money. And they aren't happy. So it doesn't matter how much money you have in life. They come to you. 
to cheer them up. No, I think they come for me because I'm a reality check. <laughs> like, they come here and they try and pull their bullshit. They pull in other restaurants and restaurants and pubs. And I go, you know what? No. Mm. Listen here. Mm. No. That's why they leave you the really bad trip advisor. Yeah. Fucking yeah. leave them. And I give them back to them. It's like, charming. I give them a dose of reality. The reality is, don't be a dick. You be a dick, you get blacklisted. You're a nice person, and we'll let you in a few times. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. That is the lesson of this episode Hospitality. of the podcast. Don't be a dick. I feel like this this last part of the podcast episode hasn't really had anything to do with the rest of the <laughs> Oh, sorry, we're talking about Christmas. Okay, yeah. listen. Don't be a dick at Christmas. Don't be a dick at Christmas. I love yeah. Christmas generally. My wife leaves me, goes to Sweden with the kids. I have a lovely time. I go to one of the local... Um, this Well, usually when I'm closed, I go to a local pub, have about 15 pints of Guinness, go home, cook a frozen pizza, fall asleep on the sofa with a bottle of Ranallo. It's the best day of my life. <laughs> and she's fucked it up this year because she's staying here and I'm open and I'm going to work and she's going to get angry at me because I'm working so yeah this so normally Chris- when she goes to Sweden for Christmas you close yes and this year she thinks that going, she thinks I've done this on purpose well you uh, have haven't you clearly I mean you've just kind of confessed to it yeah I'm not on saying the podcast. I, I'd like to plead the fifth amendment on whatever and I, I know say. you think she doesn't listen however she doesn't listen she said she listened to one of the podcasts the other day she said you're quite mean about me aren't you <laughs> No, I was talking about my first wife. Oh, God, I bet that went down well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call her second wife. She doesn't like that either. Oh, no. God. Yeah. Uh, the current Mrs. Ball. So when are, we, when are we doing another season or is this the end of it? We're not seeing each other again? We're, we're breaking just, up? This is I mean, us telling you that yeah. we're all over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you brought me we're, baby sham. Nikki, Nikki and I are going to do our own thing now. Oh, really? Of course we'll be back in the new year. Oh, that, that, that is it. So, yeah, this is. We can look forward to the spring budget. Yeah, a new government. Yeah, we can. Oh God, we're fucked. Maybe we'll finish before that. Maybe we shouldn't have given him so given him so much I've baby. I've had quite shirt a bit to drink actually. Too I'm much quite baby shirt. I've got to go home and my wife's cooked dinner tonight. This will be entertaining. Um, <laughs> Take the bottle of avocado with you. You'll be that. nothing. Fine. Nothing says I hate you more than a bottle of avocado <laughs> dinner. <laughs> right, I'm going to draw a line under this Thank before he gets himself into any more trouble. I'd like to um, wish all our six listeners a Merry Christmas. Oh. Excellent. Uh, there we go. Like, Positive. My, yeah, mean, yeah. And if you're lonely on Christmas yeah. Day, come up to the Red Line of the Sun and get abused by me. I'm open until <laughs> six o'clock in the evening and I'll be here hosting it and probably drunk. And terrorising everybody. I'm not terrorising. Probably, probably staying beyond six o'clock because otherwise you'd have to go home. Yeah. On that note. Have a lovely Christmas. Have a lovely Christmas, folks. Hope don't forget, busy. in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, like, and review on your platform of choice. We will look forward to entertaining or boring you all in the new year. 